Hey, this is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley, looking tan and best friend, Derek. And you're listening to New Release. Welcome back, Ashley. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we Come missed back. you. Um, <laughs> did you do a lot of skateboarding while you were gone? No, zero. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, well, that's uh, <laughs> about as much as we did, but we talked about it. So <laughs> maybe Derek's been, been skating. Um, so new release, in case anyone is wondering, is a movie podcast with a time traveling twist. Woo, Ashley, thank goodness you're back to guide us to a new time and space this week. Where are we? When are we? <clears throat> a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. May 1977, 45 light years past. What a trip. <laughs> now we've only got two more weeks left in this interstellar time period before we hightail our Ewok asses to a this is tough to a fantastic <laughs> new time frame for summer. Woo! In the meantime, let's listen to some radio. Remember that? <laughs> Good job. Hi, I'm Howard Stern, the program director of Westchester's Rock Station. You know, it's hmm. really hard to describe what makes a radio station a success. We here at WRNW have narrowed it down to a very few special elements. First and foremost, the music. <laughs> I don't know that Stereo 107's music can be described in one catch-all phrase. That was uh, a little snippet of someone called Howard Stern. And mm. uh, if you were expecting expletives, then um, you're not going to get them because he has not uh, <laughs> taken control of his own radio show at this point. This is That's him pandering for a corporate, like, or for, you know, an actual job at a radio station doing promos, doing um, work that he must have not been <laughs> very thrilled about, but he would uh, he would uh, find his big break later. So anyway, Ashley, what is showing at the multiplex this week? Anything, anything, anything? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, okay. There's a horror film that sounds right up Stephen King's alley. It hmm. tells the story of an unmanned, self-driving, mysterious car that goes on a murderous <laughs> rampage terrorizing the residents of a small town what's that called christine no that <laughs> <laughs> uh, comes out in the 80s it's called the car <laughs> oh my bad it wasn't it's not the van movie either <laughs> no we had that we skipped the van and now we skipped the car we still don't have a, a whip uh to get to the drive-in so uh, i guess we're gonna have to um maybe get one for next week there's a little teaser for you Ooh. But this week, um, I've been hearing a little buzz about this sci-fi film. Anything? Does that ring any bells, Ashley? Well, as I flip through, like, there's maybe this like intergalactic war happening or something. Um, the ad has, it says, an odyssey to the edge of your imagination and beyond, far beyond. Um, it has like this guy in this dark mask and then hmm. some people like, with lightsabers potentially, which, you know, what's weird. a lightsaber. I don't know. Yeah, something, looks it looks like a flashlight that has a light coming out of it. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, it looks so weird. It looks really yeah. weird. Um, so that's interesting. And there's like a kind of an attractive lady on the cover as well with her hair, looking these buns. Why is she wearing honey buns? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she, she said she, well, we'll get to that later. Um, a little <laughs> fact about that, but yeah, it looks kind of cool. I think well, we should check a, it out. If it has a good name, then I'm in. Star Wars. 
Mm. Ah, okay. Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> I have been getting out. into fantasy sci-fi. So this sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's worth a shot. May the force be forever in our favors. That's <laughs> that's that's how it goes, right? Yeah, um, I think yeah. It's, yeah, I think that's right. Let's 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 check out this Star Wars. Hmm. <laughs> a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Here they come. Star Wars. Coming in too fast. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. Ah. It's an epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. Star Wars rated PG. Holy okay. shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, quick disclaimer before we talk about this absolutely mind-blowing experience. Look, we've been doing a lot of time travel. We still don't know, aside from the the leg that grew out of Ashley's butt, what all the <laughs> ramifications of that are. But memory loss is certainly a part, a component of it. It's like certain things will seem familiar, but not completely familiar. And I got pangs of familiarity while watching this, maybe because it's a story old as time, or maybe because it's a story um, that goes into um, that, that will spawn a million similar stories. Who it's knows? New, but, the story is new as old. Yeah, exactly. But I thought we, I was the only one that got deja vu watching this. Yeah, yeah. It seemed it seemed very familiar and yet completely uh, like nothing we had ever seen before. So we just saw Star Wars. We're in 1977. We got out of the theater and we are still processing a really just wild odyssey. Uh, as the trailer, as the trailer promised, Ashley, Derek, what what are y'all's just immediate reactions to this this sci-fi epic? How do they do everything? Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen anything like this before. I'm just it really is... impressed by everything that was involved. I just like don't get it. Like, how do they do it? <laughs> like, yeah. On this scale, yeah, it's this number of characters, this number of like you know these actions, uh, st- uh, st- space fighter fights. <laughs> I'm like, fighter fights. yeah, <laughs> having trouble even forming sentences. It was a a mind blowing experience. Yeah, I mean, I've we we've seen 2001, and that was a mind blowing visual experience on a different level, but it didn't have any of the character you know depth i thought like just the amount of different characters and yet a relatively simple like man on a mission story um man and his droids and you know uh trying to save a princess story was easy enough to follow but so much originality with the character design and i mean what was what was y'all's kind of favorite parts of the of the movie derek you want to start Aside from all the spaceships, I, I don't understand how they did that on, yeah. uh, you know, the practical effects and, and visual effects. That's insane. But just the camaraderie between them all, yeah. they were just such a good group of out, not outcasts, but, but yeah. Rebels. I love the characters. Yeah. Rebels. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I don't even know where to start. I liked all the creatures, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which there are so many of them. And like the, 
I mean, Derek mentioned like the spaceships and stuff, but, like traveling to like the different planets and how like the planets looked and like just the creativity that went into the whole movie. It's yeah, mind blowing. I don't know. Yeah, it, it it feels like the tip of the tip of the iceberg because you can't invent this much information and not have a larger vision. It's like on the level of a Lord of the Rings style epic, obviously set in space, but um, yeah, some kind of fantasy epic. Uh, a space opera, maybe a term that people use <laughs> at some point to describe this. I, um, yeah. So like I forgot, um, not forgot, but I, <laughs> this is going to be hard to maintain the, uh, <laughs> the movie opens with, uh, not really human characters at the forefront of the story. You know, I mean, it, it does jump around for like, there's this, this dude breathing heavy in a mask. There's like some, um, bad guy uh, an army of bad guys but then there's the heroes at the beginning of the movie are these droids or like the protagonists of the story so we have a big shiny dude um who talks like a, a butler and then we have a um round trash can Aww. looking um droid who talks in beeps and bloops uh and they're but, best friends so yeah and they're friends and they're they're quirky but like it's it's kind of a bold move to start the movie following these non-human characters. I thought, yeah, yeah. And, and original, well, whatever. Originally, um, R two D two was supposed to be like cursing and stuff as well. Oh, he, he curses. Yeah, so he's just, just being beeped out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was it. originally he was supposed to have become a foul mouth, and that's why like some of like C three PO's reactions are like, whoa, you're like, ah. How dare like, you say like, that to me? Yeah, but it's just like. Beep, bop, 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 bop. <laughs> Right. It's a, it's kind of it's kind of a, a easy gimmick that, you know, we're seeing this dignified character's reaction to that. That makes sense that one of them would be. I mean, this is a very family friendly movie overall, mm -hmm. uh, but you could work in a little off color humor. And then, I mean, before we kind of talk about the plot or go any further, I, I do really feel like what separates this movie from, again, like some other visually interesting epic space movies that have come before not many have achieved this level of, of visual sophistication but uh, aside from 2001 but it let's let's do something that we used to do let's play uh choose your character which is like you know you walk into an arcade and there's a star wars console and you're scrolling through the playable characters about to enter this um let's say side scrolling actually space flying um <laughs> light shooting taser adventure and we get to pick uh from any character that appears in this movie ashley who do you connect with the most oh well you say it like that <laughs> um, i know we always <laughs> uh... no like, if you're playing a video game if you're playing um mortal Kombat, you don't necessarily connect with uh blanca but right that's yeah. not even a character but no, that's I'm thinking Street Fighter. <laughs> Street Fighter. Blanca's a Street Fighter. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with good old old Ben. He's sweet. Oh yeah, old oh, Ben. Obi Obi Wan. Yeah, he was awesome. Especially I don't know if we have it, but that one scene where he's like, where they're speeding and the stormtroop tro troopers pull them over, and he's like, "You'll just let us go. You'll just do whatever we want you to do." Da -da 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 -da, and like just basically uses the force to these are not the droids you're looking for yeah i was confusing so me at first because i didn't know what was going on and then i yeah it made sense that that was the force because yeah, it's just i so didn't cool. know what the force was before that right. yeah are you, you never saw the force in action 
Right. I mean, pardon us if you are familiar with this thing called the Force, but we're going to be speaking <laughs> about very basic Star Wars terms um, as if kind of like we just saw it for the first time. So what's who wants to describe the Force? <laughs> I'll describe the force as it as we as we know it from this movie. Yeah. So it is <laughs> it's a force. <laughs> it is, it's it's some sort of uh, spiritual energy that is in and all around us. Yeah. And it it helps dictate uh, it, you can use the force and the force can use you. It's kind of a, a balance. Yes, there's like a spirituality. Yeah. There's a light side and a dark side. I mean, <laughs> When you break some of this stuff down, it sounds super basic, uh, but there's so much uh, personality involved. But but yeah, there is um, this like spiritual bond and characters can use it maybe for communication. It's kind of like transcendentalism. Uh, big, uh, so big supporter by David Lynch. But so you can connect if you have a strong connection to this energy this force then you can use it to communicate with others you could use it to brainwash others in the case of of if they have like weak minds is that what they say yep yeah so he's like uh, they're weak the stormtroopers they're called these dudes in white uh suits with uh kind of like robot looking robot looking helmets so and you, then you can use it for, um, you know, fighting skills. There's a lot of there's a lot of applications that that come down the line. But but yeah, there's that's just one of the many things that are introduced into the lore early on in this movie, and you you start to figure it out as you go as you go along. In addition to just kind of like all the different sets they're jumping from planet to planet we didn't even talk about the opening of the movie it just starts with like text scrolling across the screen um what did y'all think of that opening presentation it's cool but it's a lot of text and that was even pared down (laughs) i read i was like man if i had to read like three paragraphs like i don't know (laughs) yeah it's so funny it's like um there's this epic music playing this movie is scored by john williams like a classical music style and he uh, and you're just reading text like the prologue to a book, which there's a lot going on in this movie. It's pretty well explained throughout. And, but there's a couple moments. There's another moment with Ben and Luke and training where he's kind of just got to explain all these things to him. I think that's where he actually explains the force. Um, so. So you're Ben, even though Derek explained the force. Derek, what's your character? He's just the force. <laughs> yeah. So and they this, have to be in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thought yeah. you were gonna pick a green one. No. No. No, I'm picking. Uh, it was somebody that was only in the film for maybe five minutes. Okay. He is called. He's considered. Well, so his name is Jack Tono Porkins. <laughs> and he's the he's the he's that uh, redhead overweight X-wing pilot. Uh, he just he was only in there for like a split second. He didn't have any lines except for <laughs> checking in when everybody uh, was asked to you know make sure that their their X-wing was ready for battle. But mm-hmm. he seemed like such a nice person, and then he died like five minutes later. 
Yeah, I know. I yeah, I remember you're talking about yeah. So the movie will jump around a bunch, but the movie ends with um, the characters engaging in this this space fight, and uh, the good guys are flying X-wing fighters, and a lot of them unfortunately don't don't make it uh, to the end of the mission. But it took a so. bunch of balls. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, and everyone's very supportive. So let's um uh man there's so many there's so many characters to head on it's really difficult to um i mean like a lot of it's coming back to me as we talk about it it's jogging my memory i have a feeling that we don't need to explain who luke skywalker is and princess leia and chewbacca and han solo um <laughs> i'm gonna pick my character uh the much maligned much underappreciated uh job of the hut <laughs> um, just because <laughs> just because I want to talk about his scene with with Han Solo. Uh, this scene was kind of ridiculed, I guess, to some degree. Uh, it's him like he is this moth kind of mob boss type figure, this criminal overlord on the planet. Um, most Eisley. Is that where or is that where the cantina is? Uh, Who knows? Yeah. It's not Tatooine, right? That's all I know. Yeah, it might be Tatooine. That Tatooine is where Ben is. So, I mean, you know, a lot to keep up with. We've seen a mo- <laughs> we've seen this movie once, just coming out of the theater, cut us some slack. But Jabba the Hutt is this criminal overlord, and he is uh, trying to collect his money from Han Solo, this space cowboy with a, a furry sidekick. And I just thought that that was a really fun, like uh, chummy interaction between them. I liked Jabba's personality and I thought he handled the situation well. He could have, you know, he negotiated a strong, uh, a higher payout from Han. What real advantage is there for him to kill him? Clearly they have kind of a mutual respect or camaraderie. So, uh, how did y'all think the the effects of some of the creatures when we there's just so many different categories of special effects in this movie but once you get dropped into this can this jazzy cantina bar they, they now were introduced to like dozens of new species over the course of 10 minutes uh what did y'all think of all the the variety and effects for the creatures in the cantina they looked real they are very cool yeah I was going to ask you if you could describe what Jabba the Hutt looked like. Oh, yeah. He's a big fat slug worm that kind of like <laughs> that <does> walks. <laughs> yeah. He slugs around. He, yeah. He he like has good posture for a slug. Um, <laughs> his head is upright and his body uh, kind of drags behind him. But he's able to maintain, you know, like eye level contact with humans because he can lift his torso up. So, yeah, a strong torso. He's known for his um girth. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the guy, uh, the pe- the creatures in the bar were incredible, and because every yeah. time they like, and they would just show them for like a second or two, and you're like, I kind of want to like study them, and they just like went from creature to creature to creature really fast. Um, yeah, which was like all the more impressive because they obviously spent a, a lot of time yeah. crafting that scene, and yet they just kind of breeze through it. It's um yeah, they could have spent. Uh, half the movie there and nobody would have <laughs> would have complained but it just it's just like a quick detour on the course of a much larger mission so 
Should, they could have yeah. made like an, a cheers out of all the characters in that bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe we'll get that someday. We'll get the the Cantina spinoff. Who knows? Maybe, you know, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. We haven't even had a sequel yet. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we get hopefully we get a continuation of the main storyline at least. But yeah, what it, should we talk at all about the the basic plot of the movie? At least kind of what's the driving force? Huh, sure. Mm. Um, let's see. Princess Leia is kidnapped by Darth Vader and then they go to get her. Oh, yeah. So so the rebels steal the plans to uh, a planet destroying device. And Leia is the only one that has them until she transfers that uh, the plans to R2D2, who's then whose goal is then to find Obi-Wan Kenobi, who will know what to do and then share those plans with the rebels on I forget which planet. So they can figure out how to destroy it, and yeah. without yeah, spoiling it, yeah, nice yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy because R two D two the the droid seems to it's uh, one thing they do a good job of in this movie is humanizing these non human characters. Like R two D two doesn't even speak uh, English, doesn't speak a language that that we can understand, and he just scoots around on on his robot you know like um sort of like little miniature tank legs but he we get a sense that he is like has a righteous feeling i mean a righteous desire to stick up to complete this mission maybe he just knows that he was ordered to do it but it seems like more than that like he understands the gravity of this mission Mm -hmm. and you know once luke and uh, his uncle uh, uh, by the the droid just kind of ran. It just coincidentally, you know. I mean, a movie needs a few coincidences to move it along. So I feel, I feel like those coincidences may have been part of the force, though. Too. That's totally possible, you know. And but yeah, go ahead, keep going. Yeah. So they just randomly, uh, they just coincidentally end up with C three PO and R two D two, and R two D two sneaks off to complete his mission, which is to find Obi-Wan and Luke has to go after him. And that's how he, and they get attacked by some, uh, sand creatures sand and sand people. Yeah. And then that's how Obi-Wan, uh, and Luke meet. They, uh, uh, he saves, he saves Luke. Luke's pretty helpless and reckless in that <laughs> early stages of the movie, probably all throughout. And, uh, yeah, they're they're united. There's a little bit of uh, uh, so maybe we should talk about Luke's confusing family uh, lineage because it plays a part in this movie for sure, and seems like it might play a part in future storylines <laughs> potentially. Um, anybody want to tackle the family tree of the Star Wars universe? Derek, you got it. <laughs> So Luke lives with his aunt and uncle. Yeah. And his dad was killed by Darth Vader. Yep. His his dad was a Jedi who was killed by Darth Vader. And um, and the, the only other relative that he has on, I think it, I forget which planet it's on. Is it Tatooine where they're at? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because that's where yeah, the, the bar is planet. at. Okay. And then the the only other relative that he has is Ben Kenobi. 
So he knows he right. knows Obi-Wan, but he doesn't know that Obi-Wan used to be a Jedi and still is. I'm sensing a disturbance in the force and something is coming to me. This line, I don't know if it's going to make any sense, but it goes something like, Luke, I am your father. How do you explain that? It sounds like Darth Vader's voice, but you just said Darth Vader killed Luke's father. Yep. So Hmm. Darth Hmm. Vader is no longer. Uh, Maybe. So maybe metaphorically killed him. Yeah, that's sorry. I just felt like that disruption (laughs) needed to be needed to be addressed because, you know, I don't want anybody freaking out if um, if they're having the same recollection of of maybe a big reveal (laughs) to come. Um, So, yeah, Luke's father is presumably dead for now. And Obi-Wan is going to take him under his wong wing and teach him his his wong wing. Is Wing Wong and um, <laughs> and teach him some ways of the Force. So off they go to. That's when they hook up with uh, with Han Solo. Han Solo and Chewbacca. They need. Uh, he's like the best uh, pilot that Obi Wan knows. So they go there to negotiate a um, a deal with him to take them to Alderaan. Whew, Alderaan, yeah. Nice. To meet up with uh, Leia's parents? No, to meet up with Leia. They think that right. Leia's there. They don't know she's kidnapped. Right. They're trying to deliver the plans back to her. I, yeah. I'm not sure, actually. Well, oh, yeah, they're trying that's to get where the, the plans is that where to the, Re- the uh, alliance. Yeah. To, the, yeah. to the rebels, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> this uh, star-destroying ship, what's called a Death Star, is um it's a big round ball of of nuclear power and death uh is about to demonstrate its power and blow up the very planet that they're going to right yep yeah so (laughs) completely destroys it very easily yeah yeah so that's um they is home planet yeah actually we have a clip from that Probably the Leia one. Oh yeah, I don't know what that's called though. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's kind of like uh, doing on. her best. I got it. Okay. Governor Tuck, I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Charming to the last. You don't know how hard I found it, signing the order to terminate your life. I'm surprised you had the courage to take the responsibility yourself. Princess Leia, before your execution, I would like you to be my guest at a ceremony that will make this battle station operational. No star system will dare oppose the Emperor now. The more you tighten your grip, Tark, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Not after we... Yeah, and so... The rest is history. Their planet is, yeah. is history after that point. That gives you a good uh, glimpse of how she's definitely a very strong and badass character. But, you know, once she sees her entire planet destroyed uh, and once she realizes the, gra- the, the, the reality of his threats, she tries her best to, to stop him. And yet uh, she can't. So... As they're about to arrive, as Han Solo and Luke 
and company are about to arrive there. They exit light speed, which is this way to travel really quickly through space. <laughs> and they are being bombarded by asteroids, which are the remnants of the planet. So that's an unfortunate arrival and an unfortunate revelation for them. And now the Death Star, this this thing called the Death Star must be stopped. And how are we going to stop it? Oh, with the plans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now they need to go um, find Leia. Um, they don't really know where else to go from there. So they, or do they just kind of like randomly end up in the orbit, they get sucked in by the Death Star. They get sucked in, but they're following. Are they following a different? Yeah, spaceship, and then they get sucked in by the Death Star, and they're like trying to back. Go so back that and they can't. that um, so uh, shit. What are they called? Uh, tie tie fighters. Yeah. So the tie fighter is luring them in to the Death oh, Star. Okay. So there's a lone tie fighter, and the Millennium Falcon's following them. And they're like, yeah. why? Where is this? There's where's the planet? And what what is this? This spaceship? Let's follow it. And then, yeah. And then they get lured in. And they think it's and it's so big. They think it's a moon. Yeah, it's a really cool design. I mean, like, uh, it's a cool visual. You think of most ships as like boats in the sky, basically, <laughs> um, like aircraft carriers and different shapes, or or boats in the sky, or obviously like traditional um planes and fighter fighter jets and stuff this isn't a blown up version of that it's a it looks more like a planet and so yeah they uh they get sucked in they have to um they quickly come up with a pretty good plan to what they take down some some um stormtroopers and disguise themselves and the outfits of the bad guys and that's how they're able to get around and try to track down princess leia on the ship of course there's a lot of complications along the way uh, obi-wan kind of goes off and is doing his own thing he's both he seems to be doing something to the ship disabling something right oh he's disabling the the thing that pulled them in yeah so that they can escape or, or one of the the uh the lasers that would destroy them if they tried to get away. Yeah. Yeah. So he's preparing for their, um, for the millennium Falcon millennium Falcon to safely exit once they can rescue the princess. And after they rescue the princess there, they find themselves in quite the predicament, um, which is this, uh, very stressful trash compactor scene. How did y'all, what did y'all think of that moment? <laughs> <Bit> claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good though. I mean, it's really well done. I just like seems like that when everything's like closing in on you, you're like, oh shit, they're not going to make it. And you're like, well, they're going to make it, but and, yeah. And then C-3PO is the only one that is in the control center that can that and with R2-D2 who can lock or kind of connect into the system mm-hmm. and stop the trash compactor from yep. smashing them. Yeah, and then at the same time, stormtroopers find them, <laughs> yeah, find, yeah. find the droids <laughs> and the droids have to kind of outsmart the stormtroopers. To, and then anyway, through th- th- at the last second, uh, Luke gets a hold of C-3PO and then C-3PO has uh, R2-D2 shut down all the trash compactors. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's another example of like how the droids are kind of the true heroes of the movie. And they show a level of initiative and interest that goes seems to go above and beyond just like doing what they're told 
they like have to hey they have to like like you said they have to outsmart human characters <laughs> to achieve this mission they can't just like do things in a in the most formulaic robotic way they have to do they have to like understand how a human would think and manipulate manipulate them so that makes them very appealing characters and when at times uh let's just address the luke skywalker character of it all how did y'all feel about this this kind of like burgeoning hero yeah slash whiny baby yeah i mean he is young he is just leaving he's trying to like go off to college basically Mm -hmm. and his his uncle keeps delaying that because maybe he fears uh you know what happened to his dad might happen to him Mm -hmm. but uh i feel like that's pretty well alluded to Uh, although his his aunt his uncle kind of comes off as just like an overbearing dick before he gets um, incinerated so yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> um nobody deserves that but he wasn't a very likable character and so yeah are you saying you didn't like the luke skywalker mark hamill character no i mean he was just pretty whiny but then once his family died then he's like starting to become a man i assume yeah but no he's just like just like such a little baby the whole time yeah it's hard to it's hard uh, for him to get out of the shadow of, you know, the charisma of a the charisma in just um, uh, unadulterated handsomeness. Yeah, 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 that's that's a good word for it. Babosity <laughs> of uh, Harrison Ford is Christ is is Han Solo, and Obi Wan is the suave older man, and mm-hmm. Mark Hamill is just in no man's land as this. I mean, Hans. Yeah, I they said. Yeah. Han Solo. Yeah. I thought you said Obi-Wan is the the more attractive older man. He is. He's I'm saying he's you have Han and you have Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have Gotcha, gotcha. Ham old. <laughs> and he's he's definitely not uh as interesting as any of uh, any of the other human characters, really. Which is fine. He's kind of like an audience surrogate in the sense that kids could see themselves in him the immaturity the the need to grow up he does still get to be the hero in the end and uh he does get to sort of save the princess sort of have her save herself but but yeah i don't know he he's just not the most exciting hero yeah yeah but that's okay um that's why we have plenty more characters to latch on to uh like Han Solo, who is everyone's favorite space cowboy. He gets to do much more. He gets to like be more of a badass and and be the the cool character. And he's so. a cool sidekick. Yeah. I mean, Chewbacca is um of the species Wookiee. Oh, good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you should have picked you should have picked that as your character. You're already embodying it. Yeah, it's too late now. Yeah. So yeah, what else? I mean, I obviously want to talk about the the dramatic conclusion, but you know, there's so much in this movie, and I want to make sure we're not skipping over anything important. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's just a really good movie. Like the whole movie is incredible. So it's hard to like pinpoint one thing where I'm like, oh, this is where it made its mark. Yeah. It's just such a good movie. <laughs> so let's talk about I mean lightsabers which you alluded to on the poster these kind of 
these swords made of light i guess is the, <laughs> yeah it's right Sabers there in the name <laughs> let's uh, one of the more resonant aspects of this prop design and this uh invention is kind of the way they sound and and, and look on screen we can Ooh. at least give you the sound um and a little clip when obi-wan confronts vader in the last big fight of the movie you can't win darth if you strike me down i shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine <laughs> Yeah. So there's there's some gunfight. Well, I shouldn't say some. There's a shitload <laughs> of gun laser blasting in this movie. Uh, but like you need when you're reinventing the Western genre, we've seen enough bullets flying and they don't really have a, a cool visual glow to go with them. The lightsaber is the natural extension of the samurai sword and the blasters are, you know, a nice upgrade to a six shooter. So one, they just look super cool. They sound super cool. I will say that fight left a little something to be desired. The choreography, it's not exactly like a Kung Fu samurai movie. They're just like standing there, like moving there. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Like, oh, it's watch like out. What, I'm going like to get you. What two little kids would do on a playground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but not like as like, part. but they would be, but the kids would be more animated, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a little lackluster. I mean, like we were blown away by just the visuals of it. But now mm-hmm. having time, a tiny bit of time to think about it, it was like, OK, they could have done a few a more spins, a little jumped, more, maybe. a little more dynamism. <laughs> yeah. To the choreography yeah. there would have been cool. And also. <laughs> With the blasters, I mean, this is this takes the Resident Evil inaccuracies of um, of firing to a whole new level, where so many blaster shots go and miss their target. I mean, yeah, most it is, of them. It, it is just ridiculous. Maybe do y'all think it's poor shooting or a poor or that it's just an inaccurate uh, device? The technology has to be inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like a you know a blind a a young um, person with their eyes closed could could probably yeah. hit more times like than rapid not. Rapid fire, and they'd probably get them. Yeah. So probably what they lack in accuracy, they make up for in like infinite uh, ammo yeah. and regenerating power. It seems like so that's a cool trade off. But what I was confused by in the lightsaber fight between Obi Wan and Darth was Obi Wan gets killed? Question mark. He vanishes. And then Darth Vader. Yeah, he vanishes and his cloak falls to the ground. And then Darth Vader steps on it to make sure there's nobody under there. <laughs> Did, you yeah. notice- Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The good way to be thorough. It's kind of like <laughs> leaving somebody, you know, uh, for dead. And then, of course, they're not actually dead. So, but yeah, I was confused what the movie was trying to convey. I had to do some research um, immediately after and just uh, track down george lucas himself to get some answers but what um i mean did y'all think that meant he was dead no well he no. is oh is he <laughs> he he's like absorbed he became part the of mo- the force in the moment i thought he was dead until he started talking to luke oh, right so it, he's part of the force but he's not like a actual tangible his human. physical corporeal 
form is gone. <laughs> and I mean, that's what he says. I just didn't think visually that's what was conveyed on screen. I want to see his torso like sliced in half. Not that <laughs> that would ever happen in this movie, but it, it seemed like it was a um, hologram. Like that he like uh, that he was Ooh. fighting or like he wasn't there like he was just projecting himself and when he got uh you know he basically lets Darth Vader he's yeah. just using the fight as a distraction while they get away and he yeah. lets Darth Vader defeat him but I didn't realize he was letting him actually kill him because it didn't look like he no. hit anything I thought he just like vanished and then he's gonna go somewhere else <laughs> yeah like he went to the ship I don't know. From what I understand and what is coming back to, to my memory, he's gone after this. He's gone in a physical sense. Well, that character also crazy. hated the movie. So, yeah, well, um, he didn't really want to be part of it. So there you go. I'm very curious once we get uh, uh, to the next stage of our podcast, what yeah, what the response to this is, is going to be, because it's so it's so fresh right now. Um, OK, so that's the fight between them. Then they escape. And now it's time to take down the death, the death star. Does anyone and Derek, Derek's pilot, who fortunately doesn't make it, is part of the mission. Does anyone want to describe in, you know, uh, does anyone describe how the death star could be taken down? Derek. So (laughs) after the rebels get the the blueprints for the uh, the death star, they have a. What do you call it when all the the folks get into a room and, and talk the military strategy? Um, game planning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're they're in a room talking about the military or the the strategic way to destroy the Death Star, and they find a weak point yeah. at the core of it. But the only way to get or sh- destroy the core is to get close enough to shoot uh, a couple of missiles from an X-wing or another ship into this small little. Uh, shoot through the, the into the small little hole and those the missiles will go down and hit the core and then right it will destroy the death star it's like an exhaust um hole because presumably this thing that requires an immense amount of energy to blow up entire planets yeah. has to have some kind of venting yeah. <laughs> into into space That's and how yeah. yeah 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 so you have to fly down you have to fly down a tight corridor and then make and then shoot a, you know, for all the blaster misfires that we've seen throughout the movie, you have to shoot a fast moving um, light beam missile into a pinhole, basically at an angle. I think it's like facing like sort of at a, at a weird angle, too. So seems like basically an impossible mission, but they have to try and they try a bunch of times <laughs> and they fail a bunch of times. And then there's one red squadron left led by, uh, or not even led by, but that includes Luke and Luke's basically the last hope. Vader is picking off other X-Wings one by one um, because he's also a badass uh, pilot. And so Luke gets into position there's a really cool moment where he's using like the targeting system to lock in on the exhaust hole and he disables it. And that's where we do hear Obi-Wan's voice again. I think he says, use the force Luke. And he so, says, yeah, he says, let go. Oh, let go. So <laughs> let go. Trust the force or something like yeah. that. 
and and it's cool because they they build up the tension the people on the uh, back on the millennium falcon or maybe they're on a i guess that's what they're on or unless they're on a different ship are like oh no he disabled the the targeting uh system and they're even in communication with him and he just he doesn't need it he uses his mind and hits it perfectly and kablooey <laughs> it explodes <laughs> and he gets out safely and uh they get some awards some sweet uh they actually i shouldn't i shouldn't kind of um downplay it how did y'all feel did y'all feel pretty emotional about the uh final ceremony at the end i <laughs> i did i mean it, it was definitely lackluster but but huh. i you know it was it, it was great for you know the, this group of folks to save you know, tons of planets in the in the galaxy. Yeah. What about Chewbacca? So he was there, but they couldn't fit, find a medal to fit around his his neck. Or they, yeah, they give Han Solo and Luke medals of honor or whatever. And Chewbacca's on stage, but he doesn't. He's like standing behind them. And R two doesn't get one. C three PO doesn't get yeah, one. That's no. pretty lame. Just saying. yeah, they are it's just maybe a prejudice. They are just droids that help save the world. It's fine. yeah. I mean, it is true. Like they, they, R two D two, definitely the the true hero of the movie. C three PO, some clutch saves, and all Luke did was you know pew pew into an exhaust hole. So, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he pewed so well. Yeah, he did. Uh, now nah, it was, it it was an epic final sequence. I mean, the pa- the the pace of this movie is 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 really fast and propulsive like there's a few digressions at the beginning when they're setting all this up but for so much new ground to cover so many characters to introduce so many different settings to visit for you to be able to follow the story as well as you can and for it not to really lose steam the whole way is an incredible feat so um i just hope we get more i think we might maybe yeah well, wow. Um, that was a exhausting in a good way experience. And the only thing left to do would be to sum it all up in the form of a poem. Okay. Ashley? I'll sum it up. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so George Lucas thought this movie was going to be a big flop, but it turned out to be quite a bop. Crushing box office records with never ending merchandising opportunities. Of course, I'm talking about the great Star Wars movies. More specifically, A New Hope with a name added later, where you have Luke, Han Solo, Leia, Chewbacca, Robots, and Darth Vader. Princess Leia is taken hostage on Darth Vader's ship and has hidden a holographic message in R2-D2. How hip. Luke <laughs> learns about the Force and meets up with Obi-Wan. They hire Han Solo with his Millennium Falcon to join them in their mission. There are sweet lightsabers, stormtroopers, troopers, and a fatty warm slug. Amen. That's, That's your- me. That's you. Um, Darth Vader battles Obi-Wan, a.k.a. Uh, Uncle Ben or Old Ben, and Obi vanishes and I guess dies into thin air. Okay. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't know. Uh, Luke thinks he has to save him, but it's more important to get the princess, of, princess out of Vader's lair. So they escape and everything is temporarily right in the end until Daddy Vader strikes back. And this time he's coming for both children. Oh, and they fuck up the Death Star. Huzzah! Now onto another land so far. Man, spoilers abound in <laughs> the back of your mind somehow. Yeah. Um, great job. Yeah. That was um, 
all the Star Wars synopsizing anyone will ever need. Yeah. So don't even <laughs> you don't even need to see the movie. If that poem existed in 1977, you would have been a huge hit. Um, <laughs> so that's the only addendum I have after your poem, which usually sparks uh, a few ideas in me is, yeah, that was the first mention of George Lucas's name. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, good job by us to uh, not credit the mastermind behind this. Um, I think we'll talk a little bit more after our next segment about kind of the emotional turmoil that this and the emotional weight that this production put on him and if for people in the present day, 45 years from now, I'm sure it's easy to forget um, that there was no guarantee that this was going to be yeah. <laughs> anything um, quite the opposite. So a very tumultuous production that resulted in a, um, what I'm going to just go ahead and call a monumental, most, one of the most important film achievements of all time. You know, I'm going <laughs> to go out on a limb. It's uh <laughs> it's a little early to call that uh, an hour after seeing the movie, but I think I think it's, it's safe to say. So, yep. all right, that's the first half of our discussion of Star Wars, and by half I mean like three fourths. <laughs> For now, we are going to move into our favorite segment, rank the blank, with a special sponsor this week. Not really, not really a sponsor. Not really a sponsor <laughs> and not really this week, uh, but we are fake sponsored by Ashley's Growl. Ashley's Hungry. Um, a new toy line. That's probably all I need to say. Let's let's um, let's hear about this. Watch out. And he's got a lightsaber. It's Kenner's new Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. I got you now, Ben Kenobi. With R2, D2, and C3PO, there's even Chewbacca you know, and Han Solo. <laughs> it looks so real. Who's there? It's Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Now I know the Force is with us. Darth Vader, R2, D2, oh. C3PO, and other Kenner Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. Maybe we should pick some of those up. They might be worth something someday. Yeah, this movie's is... Yeah. Good call, good Derek. That's actually a really good call. Um, we should be collecting all sorts of memorabilia so <laughs> rank the blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites this week's topic is as big as the movie itself um we have a galaxy full of options for things that are spawned are part anything any kind of specific element or you know aspect of the Star Wars universe. So that's about as broad as <laughs> you can get, aside from favorite Davids and um, the sky and beyond is the limit. Ashley, you know, you want to elaborate a little bit more on what kind of things we're going to be picking from? Sure. So you can pick from the characters, this billion settings, there's costumes, props, the music, um, that open text crawl, text crawl, there's toys, the merchandise that was touched on video games. There's just so many things to pick from. Yeah. Um, and uh, what are people on our Instagram saying? And what is our Instagram? Our Instagram is new release podcast. And they're saying the Millennium Falcon, which is pretty mm. cool. ATATSs, yep. um, which I had to look up because I didn't know what that was. And that's the all-terrain armored transports, which are Those really Those are the sweet. giant, long-legged. They're yeah. very cool. Um, battleships. 
and there's like little tiny robots that clean the floor in the imperial ships like the little <laughs> just yeah. to name a few things and we should mention now our memory has officially fully come back um from this segment on so we're going to be referencing things not only in the uh two hours from the movie that we just saw um to from then till present day so but bonus points if you go from 77 sure i mean you why you would say that wouldn't you yeah and you would say the other thing makes sense <laughs> um all right well normally the first nominee for rank the blank is something from the movie and i guess we could just like it's the movie itself but and we could pick something from the movie but it might be redundant with our choices so um basically just the first movie existing uh maybe should count or dependent on what derek and you you choose you could do like all the creatures and characters i think i mean yeah that's a little bit of a cheat i guess but that's really impressive yeah let's say the death star because it gets blown up okay well i mean i feel like we have to pick something from the movie the planet the planet killer yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a pretty it's integral to the plot and it's Impressive. also just contained in this movie, um, okay. more or less, aside from the prequel to this movie, which we haven't even talked about because we didn't know about it. <laughs> Ashley, yeah. what's your choice? Um, mine's also broad, but I'll go specific with it as well. Um, so the special effects in this movie are incredible, and we've touched on that, but they have um this gla- this thing called like glass painting, which you basically paint the entire like scene or the set. And then you, it's hard to explain, but you paint the entire like scene or set. And then you basically put like almost like a black screen where like the actors are going to be. And then you have like the painting around them. And then you have like the little actual like 3D set. So you don't hmm. have to do the entire, you don't have to construct the entire set because this guy is hand painting the set, which is it's crazy. A, I guess it's a, it's probably a um, evolution of the matte paint technique. Like mm-hmm. you're painting, uh, 3d objects or instead of just like a, a flat background painting that you use as a stand-in for the real scenery the wizard yeah. of oz does that really well mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. yeah so they did like a lot of glass painting which is really cool to watch and they also had even like that scene with all the different creatures playing chess that's mm-hmm. done completely in stop motion which is cool um and then they had and they did little models for all their spacecrafts like the planets were all hand painted and looked really good and just the entire like very impressive i don't know there's and then there's some straight up just computer generated effects like my character jabba is completely uh cgi'd in in very early technology that george lucas has created his own um or he's working with this studio to like you know uh basically invent cgi so, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, to mixed results, you can imagine that, uh, 45 years of advancement has gotten us, <laughs> gotten us a long way, but it's pretty incredible. Um, even the computer generated parts. Looked, and Java looks really good. Like, yeah. Could, well, you know. yeah, there is, um, I mean, we obviously saw it in a theater in 77 on film, but if say you're watching it on Disney plus, and yeah. <laughs> the 2019 version, they've edited uh, some of the computer effects. They've, of course, controversially changed the scene with Han and uh, Greedo, I think is his name, um, which I found some of these edits. And do they edit? Oh, I meant to look this up. Um, 
Lucas didn't know when they were making this movie that that uh, that Luke and Leia were going to be brother and sister, correct? Uh, no. Okay. I was like, I don't yeah. Know. So there was like uh, this movie sort of sets up a love triangle between Han, Luke, and Leia, and uh, she like sort of kisses him in this movie, but I feel like they they cut a little bit of it, so it you don't really see it. But then she's like, "That's for good luck." That part felt really awkward. And then, of course, Lucas couldn't help himself from making wanting Han Solo to be like a more uh, pure hero. So he has the other character shoot in the cantina. And it's just confusing the way it's edited now. It like looks like he misses, but or like uh, I couldn't even tell what was happening. But it's supposed to be originally that Han Solo just uh, is is like carrying on a conversation while he prepares to pull his gun out under the table and shoot this bounty hunter that's going to kill him, which I don't think is that controversial. Um, so nobody in the some, bar cares. Yeah, nobody cares. And he's not a good guy. Obviously, they're both not, you know, not perfect people. So and, and just in case anybody is still listening to this, <laughs> uh, Jabba is. the Hutt was not actually in the original that was we watched well now he that we're, no, he's not yes a human actor was originally on set to play job of the hut in star wars a new hope but neither the actor nor the scene made the final cut in 1977 although right. briefly mentioned by greedo and han solo in star wars and again by han and empire strikes back Jabba was first seen in 1983 in return of the jedi so that conversation that they had mm. never happened in the original dang I must have just invented it. Yeah, like uh, I guess I have to take back my character. So, <laughs> sorry, I I do know a little bit about Star Wars. I mean, I I no, did have I to read, Google. I read, good. I read all that, and I thought that they said that he was CGI'd in at the time, but he was CGI'd in later when, when they, they added the, that scene back in. When they did gotcha. the the upgrade to the graphics and everything, yeah, yeah, you, could, you can okay. absolutely tell. There's a there are a lot of scenes in the film that weren't originally in there. Well, right. Yeah, I think the runtime is like uh, a good 20 minutes longer as well. But yeah, I just totally miss misread with the, the, that same research. So cool. Um, my choice is the score for the one of the latest uh, Star Wars spinoffs of which now there's been quite a few catching back up 45 years. The, uh, the score for the Mandalorian. So uh, this follows the um, the characters that like the group of bounty hunters that uh, Boba Fett was a part of, but it follows a different Mandalorian and more a more anonymous one to the the universe. And uh, I don't need to go into the details of the show. It's pretty good, um, but the score is incredible. So it kind of updates, uh, takes some notes from the original classical score, but feels more like a fantasy epic. Uh, I just, I just have, that's probably the thing that made me most excited and, and interested to continue watching uh, this, this new show. So that's my choice. Derek, what's yours? Mine is the Nintendo 64 game called Star Wars Rogue Squadron where you could fly an X-Wing and you would essentially do what they did in this, in the movie that we watched. So you would, you'd 
but you weren't ever a person. You were always a ship and you could fly all the different ships. And I believe you could fly the Millennium Falcon, too. It was it yeah, was really I, rad. Yeah, I played that. Yeah, I, I had that game and uh, that was quite thrilling to be able to. I mean, it's so funny, like all this all the are everyone's entry point to star wars or what they kind of have latched on to they've had you've had so many different opportunities to be immersed or be pulled in like the like the millennium falcon into the death star by the star wars universe at some point in your life and so going back to the original was really cool but i probably had more of an attachment to the video game <laughs> than yeah. the movies growing up so great choice um ashley where should we start Oh, <laughs> I mean, these are tough because they're all so different and the movies are really good. But I have video games, you have music, which was incredible in this movie too. And it won a lot yep. of awards. Um, I don't know. What made it a thing, I think, is it, the story is amazing. The characters are great, but the special effects. I Yeah. I mean, were mind blowing at the time. So that's true. Yeah, if if that was probably my favorite part of this whole experience was being able to go into it fresh and be blown away like I hadn't been in my, you know, childhood because I had already seen too many things that had been inspired and, and evolved from this time period. But not that it doesn't hold up. Um, it certainly does. But seeing it um, with brain fog was a mind. Uh, a real mind altering experience. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I would second that special effects. Then, um, then, then what I would then say the music, because the music is absolutely stunning the, the intro text, whatever they would call that. Yeah. Introduce. Nobody picked the music. Um, I mean, I picked, well, he picked the score for Mandalorian. (laughs) Oh, right. Right. (laughs) So the Mandalorian score is also amazing. The video game is absolutely glorious, but, both of those, I would say, beat mine. Okay. And, and the, Death, the Death, Star. Star. Death Star beats mine as well. Okay. <laughs> Death All Star right. is a good piece of, of merchandise. Um, it's got some, some you know, retail value. Yeah. So special effects, score. Um, you know, Death I Star. picked the score for The Mandalorian, but we'll just, that's like uh, inspired by the original score. <laughs> so it gets, it, it gets to pull that into it. And then, and then Death Star, and then video game. I mean, I'm fine yeah. putting the video game ahead of the Death Star. I am too. Okay, so Death Star and Dead Last. Yeah, just a double whammy, it just man. Died. Um, Taking but so many hits. As the winner, I would like to play your clip, Drew. Just the score, because my clip is not very exciting. It just talks about like glass painting, which is cool if you can watch it, but it's not really a cool clip. Okay, um, well, so let's just listen to the score. Yeah, that's your that's your prerogative. <laughs> Yeah, whenever that cam- comes on in, in the episode, like after sort of an opening sequence and then they go into that, it's it's on. Um, honestly, I probably would have 
yeah, quit watching the show if it if it didn't have that through line <laughs> of, to just. I mean, it's not not nothing against the show. It's just like that made it that makes it for me. So, um, all right. Well, that was fun. That was a all encompassing rank the blank this week. Thank you to uh, Kenner. Is that the the toy company that's not our sponsor? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <I> <laughs> um, just you know, buy all the Star Wars toys. Why not? And um, yeah, let's uh, let's get back to our feature presentation. All right, Ashley, we know we love this movie, but what's the critical and um, movie going consensus coming out of this? Almost everyone also loved it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and then I feel like the people that didn't love it, they're just trying to not like it because everyone else did. Mm. So yeah, it seems like weird that you wouldn't like this movie. Um, did you but... read those reviews from the time? Mm, yeah. Did I post it in there? No. Um, that's okay. I was really curious to see if obviously um, this is a big flaw in our system and your system is I don't care what people think about it now after you know all this time to to come around to it it's really um interesting to know what people because you know like that's what we've seen with some of the roger ebert reviews and whatnot sometimes these movies people don't get them at at first at the time so i don't know if if people needed time to warm up to this or not i'm guessing yeah yeah i'll read a negative review about it from that era from your thing um the only way that Star Wars could have been interesting was through its visual imagination and special effects. Both are unexceptional. <laughs> what? Yikes. I know. I kept looking yeah. for an edge to peer around the, cor the corny, solemn comic books um, strophes. He was facing them frontally in full. This picture is made for those, particularly males, who carry a portable shrine within them of their adolescence, a chalice of a self that was better than, that was better than before the world's affairs or in any complex way, sex intruded. Oh, this is a bully in school. This is somebody who doesn't like <laughs> like nerds, dude. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. I don't agree. Obviously, none of us do. So I'll just read that one, though. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, right. This movie would be going to be a complete phenomenon. You don't have to ask me. I'll just I'll just address the box office elephant in the room. Yeah, um, it would go on to make uh, three quarters of a billion dollars. Um, by far the highest yeah. grossing movie we've watched in the history of the podcast and it'll go on to be the highest grossing movie of 1977 obviously and then the franchise overall i didn't do i don't have the numbers in front of me and you know the marvel franchise is is hot on its heels but if you count toy sales and merchandise and longevity i mean this is an absolute behemoth over 10 billion dollars so. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. there's um uh, that if, if there is a backlash it's from people like me at this point it's just because of the level of saturation but that's what happens when something is around and popular for 45 years yeah. i mean good <laughs> um good for for them to to still be able to create things that most people really love and connect with based on something that was started 45 years ago. So, mm -hmm. um, Oof. really incredible legacy there. 
So with that being said, would you consider it a new release or old news? <laughs> Three, two, one. New, new release. release. New release. I mean, I I, I want to like, I want to say old news because this is finally the op- opportunity to, to kind of elaborate on what I was just saying, where if, if you're talking about any new Star Wars material, I'm out. You know, I mean, I'm not out like uh, it took me a year before I finally watched The Mandalorian after everyone was hyping it up and I um, ended up liking it. Another show has come out since then. The Book of Boba Fett. Haven't watched it. Heard it's OK. Um, <laughs> I'm done with the Star Wars universe and, you know, the recent movies have been solid and I shouldn't say I'm done. I'm not going to keep watching them, but I don't get excited for new releases of Star Wars anymore, but it was really exciting um, getting to see the original. And now I want to go back through the original trilogy. So mm-hmm. it's a new release, but the new, new release, the new releases are old news. Are if old. That makes sense. Yep. <laughs> I, I would agree with you, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and good for anyone who, who's still super invested. Again, we're not yeah. like shitting on, on um, Star Wars nerd nerddom here and fandom same for the marvel movies same for another batman movie that just came out like anyone harry who, potter yeah well fuck that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just loses its it's 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 yeah like pure excitement yeah i'm just i'm just oversaturated with it but this is a really good excuse to to go back and and revisit where it all started all right all right um how late 70s is star wars Ooh. Uh, zero to seventy-seven. Fashion, music, actors, tropes, special effects, creatures. Oh boy, Here's this is Ford. this is a tough one. Um, so far we have a zero out of seventy-seven for Eraserhead, and a thirty-seven out of seventy-seven for Rabbit. So, uh, and we didn't do one last week because we watched a twenty twenty-two movie. Um. I would say some of the computer t- like screens, the the, yeah. the the visuals on the computer screens, and some of the uh, like lights and and props that they used fit into what they had available in the seventies. So it's definitely yep. not a zero, like Eraserhead well, was. Well, right, and also it's it's meant to be set. It's set in the future in the future a long time ago um yeah <laughs> presumably like an alternate future like uh we did have um the, the early days of space travel starting starting to you know uh, starting to happen but nothing on this scale of course so it has to be set in an alternate future timeline but also like then you're then the the story is looking back on that timeline so it has this timeless quality to it which always makes this difficult but we have to give it a ton of credit for being an iconic movie mm, from yeah. the 70s jump-starting mm-hmm. the sci-fi genre or like leveling it up to a, a whole new degree i mean if you're if we're looking at like ninja turtles as an iconic uh yeah. 1990 movie this is an iconic late 70s movie because it, you know, kind of caused everyone to make movies in a different way. Um, so is it getting a perfect it's just score? Not, it's just not set there. Yeah. 
Um, I think I think our movie next week is going to be a strong contender. Yeah, I think we have to re. <laughs> so I wouldn't say it's a perfect one. score. I just don't want to show uh, uh, like a s- discredit it because yeah. Sixty-four for okay. Nintendo. Sixty-four for Derek. Yeah, that works. I agree. Cool. This has been a this has been a tough uh, a, hard, a tough run, a tough semester, a tough six week period for uh, how blank is blank. So, um, what so, else you got? Oh yeah. So each week when we watch something like Star Wars, we'll take something from it and make it our own and then sell it in our new release gift shop. Um, we have some random. <laughs> but also selling well things right now. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> but we have a new release skate deck, which is cool that you guys yeah. see from the Tony Hawk movie. Um, and then we have wax lips that drink you. <laughs> What's that? I forgot what that one was. That's rabid. Uh, that's rabid. Okay. And then we have some uh, nipple magnets, hot yep. sellers, you know. Those are, yeah, selling like crazy and very comfortable. And would work on droids. Oh, oh yeah, nice. work especially okay, well. Okay. Well, she was a droid, by the way. Yeah, didn't work on her, but you know. Uh, so, what do we want to include and sell? Yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, how do you merchandise the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to put our own unique spin on something that's been uh, merchandised. A bottle, a bottle of the Force. Oh. oh. You know, like a bottle like of Fiji sand. water. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the Force. Yeah, we did. For, I feel like we, we did holy water or something for Exorcist. Um, hmm. I like this idea. So, I like a know. bottle of sand, you know, like a little tiny yeah. keepsake. What if it was a bottle of the force and it was magnetized on all sides, so to have like a little thing floating in the middle? Oh, mm. floating some force like bottle. A, some type of like force bottle, like some like illusion or something. Maybe one of those perpetual motion machines where you have the little marble you drop and it bangs into the other marbles and then they keep moving forever back and forth because of the force. (laughs) And it just says, may the force be with you on the front of it. No, we We need our own. Yeah, we can't have that. Yeah, we're going to we can't call it the force. So let's call it. What are we going to call it? The thrust. (laughs) (laughs) A bottle. No. Yeah. A bottle of thrust. Okay, so yeah. new release lube. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you won't have to use the force at all. It'll just oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, I think that has to be it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good job, Ashley. You uh, nailed it. Um, speaking of which, um, <laughs> should I preview next week's movie? Yes. Okay, so we're watching something that you're going to want to get uh, six to 12 bottles of your new released thruster uh, juice for um, this is a sexy car racing mustache movie that obviously none of us have seen. Cause that's, that's all I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> and we were getting a car this week. Damn it. All right. Yeah, we, do, car, though. we need a way to travel. Yeah. All right. Let's hear the trailer. Jackie Gleason is Sheriff Buford T. Justice, and he's looking for Burt Reynolds, Jerry Reed, and 400 cases of bootleg beer. I gotta barbecue your <laughs> What we're I might dealing hate with here yeah. is a complete lack of respect for the law. See Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed, and Jackie Gleason in Smokey and the Bandit. Rated- Starts Friday at your favorite theater. Check your local newspaper for the one nearest right. you.
You better watch her. So did they get do that? Beer. Did, okay. Did they do that intentionally? Rated? And I then... don't know. I don't think maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why it was edited like that. They because they used that effect earlier in the in the trailer. It seemed like an accident there, though. Um, yeah. So smoking the bandit next week. We will um, watch that. We'll get a new car and then we'll sell it the next week because <laughs> we're gonna be hightailing our ways out of here. So um, if you want to ride along on this week's episode and all future episodes, you can ride shotgun, passenger, or bitch. Then you can search new release on Spotify or Apple and please subscribe, rate us if possible. Ashley? That's a thrust. Probably smart not to play the Star Wars theme. You are correct. You are correct. To all you beta haters out there, don't blow your planet up. What does I mean, my master? It's a disaster, Skywalker, we're after. But if you can turn to the dark side, yes, keep me a powerful ally. All right. That's amazing.